Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I am Michael J. Sutton. This is Saturday, May the 14th, 2022. Episode 6 of Freedom from Fear. Today's episode is titled, Were the Nations Close to God? One of the greatest lies of Western Christianity is that the nations of Britain and America are closer to God than other nations. This is certainly at the heart of Western imperialistic logic during the Victorian era for Britain and the post-war American era of exceptionalism. Christians in these nations are often very proud of their nation, hoisting flags in their churches, singing nationalist hymns and often aligning their national enterprise with the will and purpose of God. To be an Englishman in the 19th and early 20th century was to be a civilised Christian man, a man who knew how to speak, how to eat, how to dress and how to live. He knew his place in society. He knew how to sing the hymns of God in the right chords and the right intonation of tone and accent. He knew that God only accepted worship in the spirit of holiness with organ music and Sunday best and upstairs, downstairs, and he he most certainly was a man. To be a Christian for most missionaries was to be white, was to live up to white standards, adopt white ways and sing the praises of white supremacy. To become a Christian, everyone was forced to give up their cultural values, their background, their customs, their traditions and become copies of white people. It was the heyday of British Christian fascism, the glory days, the days of the empire. These days, the descendants of those cultural cockroaches are scurrying up and down the culture wars, literally whitewashing history, writing books expunging the vile truths of church complicity and genocide, racism and cultural imperialism, while their church buildings are falling due to rot, mildew and rising damp. They demand more and more money from the state to preserve an institution that should literally be torn down to remove the stain on a history that needs only be remembered in books, not seen on every street corner. St Paul, writing 2,000 years ago, would have been astonished at the claims of the West and their alleged intimacy with the Almighty, and he might have had a a thing or two to say about it. He would have been on the side of those who were calling for an end to white supremacy, and he would no doubt agree with them. Just read Ephesians 2. For Paul, these white nations of Europe would not even rate a mention, even if they existed at the time. They were just other nations among the family of ethnos, or other nations outside the nation of Israel, which has always existed, and did not come into form after the war. It's always been there. He writes, Remember that at that time you were without Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers of the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Ephesians 2 verse 12. These are harsh words for the British Empire and for America, for the white man and white woman. The nations are without Christ, without hope, without God in the world. By themselves they have their ways and their cultures and their beliefs, but they do not have God. They have no hope. 
For Paul, the message of the gospel, the good news about Jesus, is real because it is the only hope for the nations. It is not that Christian good news can add a little bit to Britain or America and Australia, add a little bit of God or change a little bit, but this is the message that changes everything. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, verse 13 and verse 17, But now in Christ Jesus you who were then far off came to be near by the blood of Christ. In coming he preached peace to you, the ones afar off, and peace to the ones near. The ones who are far off are the nations, and the ones close or near is the nation of Israel. Both are brought to God by the blood of Christ. It is not just the nations, those outside of Israel, but also Israel and the Jews. There is equality. Strange as it may seem in a culture that's deeply anti-Semitic, the fact is that salvation is possible even for the Gentiles, even for the nations, even for those far off, even for America, even for Australia, as much as it is for the Jews, the ones with a covenant of promise. The reality of faith for Paul, writing in that first generation as a Jew who encountered the risen Christ, is that the good news that was for Israel was also for the nations. The early Christians, many of whom were Jews, struggled with the idea that salvation was also for the nations. Paul, the evangelist to the nations, took this message that the nations could find peace with God through Jesus Christ. It was through Christ that both could find God the Father, both could find peace, and both could enjoy the fellowship of being in a new family or household of God. Paul writes in Ephesians 2.14-16 For he is our peace. He is making us both one, and breaking down the middle wall of partition, annulling in his flesh the enmity, the laws of commandments and decrees, that he might in himself create the two into one new man, making peace, and might reconcile both in one body to God through the cross, slaying the enmity in himself. The main purpose of Paul's letter of the Ephesians is to show that in Christ, both those of the nation of Israel and the other nations are brought together as one. The tragedy today is not that Jews and non-Jews are separate. That happened in the second century, and it is a tragedy. But the great tragedy of today is that among the nations, the Gentiles, if we use that term again, the nations, there is no equality before God in Christ. Wealth divides the church. Position divides the church. And the West has made it a mantra for the last 200 years that race or ethnicity divides the church. The white man is at the top and the rest are underneath. This is a repudiation of the gospel and it means in practice that so many so-called Christians in the last two centuries were simply not people who followed Christ. I doubt very much that many of the missionaries who took the white man's gospel to the heathen knew anything about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were there for themselves they lauded their position over others, and Christians in the institutional churches have spent the last century trying to undo the terrible damage done to the people for whom Christ came.
But it was not simply Jesus who was the one who brought people together. He brought them together for a purpose, a more radical idea, and that was to create a new assembly of people, drawn from all nations, a new humanity, a new spiritual temple of the Holy Spirit, not built with bricks or mortar or defined by nationality or passport, but by the Spirit Paul writes in Ephesians 2, verses 18 to 22, For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. God's people, Paul mentions, are the saints, those Jewish Christians who both believed in the Messiah and those who looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. Even the nations are no longer strangers to God, but are brought into the household of God. Not the church, not the buildings, not the denominations, not the Roman Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church or whatever, but God's people, Israel. This is confirmed by the presence not only of the apostles, but the prophets, the men of the Hebrew Bible who taught the coming of the Messiah. The goal of the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, is not to create a new nation, called Britain, or America, or Australia, but a new humanity in Christ, a dwelling of God where God lives by his Holy Spirit. This is not any nation, nor is it exclusively a nation or your nation. There is no nation in the world today that comes anywhere near the ideal. Christian fascism, therefore, that seeks to link the nation with God, is entirely and utterly a corrupt and evil enterprise that has no basis in the Bible. It should be exposed for the complete fraud that it is. Even a casual reading of the New Testament exposes the complete corruption of Christian fascism. The fact that it is still around today shows me and tells me that so few people even open their own Bibles, even in the church. All people everywhere, from all the nations of the world, can have the Spirit, can have God dwelling with all of them, equally with the one Lord and Saviour, because there is one hope found in Jesus Christ, and that is available to all. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have a new podcast every day. Freedom Matters Today explores freedom from a Christian perspective. Be sure to check out our daily blog at freedommatterstoday.com and subscribe. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.